What's up, y'all? At FF Tyler O coming at you with my week three RB ranks. Mine along with the rest of JWB's weekly ranks can be found in the description below. Starting with some transparency, as I'll do every single week, my week two ranks cumulatively finished 13th out of 204 as a top six ranker, and my RB ranks in week two finished 8th of 204, good for the top 4%. Good week for me. Hope to keep that momentum going up here into week three. Um, I'm recording this on a Friday, um, so my ranks are probably going to change a little bit coming up to Sunday, but please check the link, check the ranks. They'll be updated a few hours before lock at 1 p.m. EST. You're listening to JWB Fantasy Football. Thanks for listening. Here's things up a bit to start off. Let's chat a bit about who landed outside of my top 24. Aaron Jones is technically outside due to his injury, but once we get some news of what that playtime, if there's going to be playtime, is going to look like he could easily find himself into that top 24. Alongside him are Damian Pierce, Najee Harris, and Javante Williams. I voiced some of my concerns last week about them, but it really just comes down to them getting you know, a less than stellar workload, um, not being that good or being on a bad offense. I think all three of those guys kind of fit into two of those categories, so they're outside of my top 24 this week. Enough of the fluff. Let's jump into my top 24 running backs for week three. 24 comes the Gus Bus. Gus Edwards. He isn't going to get targets and is always going to contend with Lamar, but the Ravens offense is good, and Gus is going to see 16 to 18 touches in this one. There's really no one left to tote the rock besides the Gus bus. Justice Hill is out. Uh, rookie Keith Mitchell is out. You know J.K. Dobbins is out. I think Melvin Gordon is the only man left standing to contend with him, and Melvin Gordon is dust. You know, So at the end of the day, it's Gus bus season. We saw him punch a touchdown in near the goal line last week. He's actually looked pretty good. He had a couple runs over 15 yards. Looks like he's got some juice left in there. So at the end of the day, Gus bus is a volume play on a good offense. You can certainly do worse than Gus Edwards in week three. Jerome Ford is 23. He's really here because I, I want to talk about him. Um, he could find himself down two to three spots come Sunday as the Titans, who the Browns are facing, have been an elite defense against the run this year but Ford showed some real juice on a 70 yard run last week and was very much involved in the pass game the rank also reflects how I feel about Pierre Strong who I consider a special teamer and Kareem Hunt who they just signed off the street you know the Browns um could have signed Hunt at any time this offseason heck any team could have signed Kareem Hunt at any time this offseason and they all chose not to I don't really think Hunt is a factor and Ford will see at least 60 percent of the snaps going forward even if Hunt does play familiar with the team obviously I still see this as a 60-40 split in favor of Ford he's an RB2 for the rest of the season don't be scared off because of Kareem Hunt please um he'll likely um Jerome Ford he'll likely get a, a higher rank in some non-nightmarish matchups going forward number 20 Two is James Conner. Conner proved to still be a fantasy factor last week, going for 21, 106, and 1 without getting anything really in the pass game. His snap share continues to be elite, seeing a 73% snap share last week. Great to see him do this. We know better games as a receiver are coming, um, likely this week, if I had to guess. Um, because um, unfortunately for the Cardinals and Conner, they're now drawing one of the hottest and best defenses in football right now. In fact, the Dallas special teams uh, through two weeks is the highest fantasy scoring team uh, of, of all players over the quarterbacks, over the wide receivers, over the, over everybody. So Dallas defense is good. This is a bad matchup. Um, but again, it comes down to Connor getting elite volume. It's a bad offense. And I think this, this rank reflects the terrible matchup, but he's the dude on the Cardinals and it's viable volume. Um, even in a bad matchup, and I'd ride him at RB22. 
RB21 is Isaiah Pacheco. Unlike the latter two RBs, Pacheco draws a dream matchup against the non-existent Bears defense, whose entire franchise is a hot mess right now. Uh, the Chiefs should absolutely roll in this one. Chiefs have a 30-point play total, which is pretty bonkers. Basically, the Chiefs can move the ball however they want in this one. As always, uh, when you have Mahomes, uh, the Chiefs are known to pass the ball well over expectation. Um, that's simply how the Chiefs play football and win football games, and it works. Uh, Pacheco seems to have the lead of this three-man committee uh, between CEH and McKinnon, but we did see McKinnon start to, I guess, carve into um, Pacheco's routes run that we saw that was in week one. So he's really just kind of a guy that we're going to see on the ground a bit. He's going to probably get 12 to 14 touches, I would assume. Let's say like 12 touches, two targets. Um, But when you're playing the Bears and the Chiefs are as good as they are, those 12 to 14 touches – can be really good. Uh, the cake matchup reflects the rank here. Pacheco's good for a TD in this one. Number 20 is Rashad White. He, he's a below-average running back, um, getting great volume uh, on a below-average offense. I think that's how I would best describe Rashad White. This is like this is a situation where I don't think he's the best back, but you don't have to be an incredible back to be a good fantasy football factor, as we'll get to later with a couple running backs. Um, but what it really comes down to it is they got the Eagles this week. Eagles are a pretty good defense. I think they're kind of shaping up to be a bit more of a run funnel, um, a.k.a. the path of least resistance against the Eagles is the ground game. But still, I'm, I'm not entirely sold on Rashad White as a player. But at, what I am sold on is that Rashad White's volume, and the volume is good. Um, Rashad White's a rock-solid RB2. This is likely his range the rest of the season with no major injuries. This The matchup, I think, rest of the season will kind of shift Rashad White up or down three or four spots from this 20 spot. RB19 is Brian Robinson. I feel like I need to mention on four spots lower than consensus here, likely because B-Rob is coming off a monster game in week two. We do, however, just see the Bills defense stifle Josh Jacobs. B-Rob is uh, definitively the RB to roster on this offense, and it seems like the coaches on the commanders would agree that he is the guy. Um, but I think what we saw last week out of B-Rob is the exception to the rule. B-Rob is the RB3 overall in the season. I don't think that sticks. This is the range RB19 where I think B-Rob finishes all things said and done. You can book that. RB18 is going to be DeAndre Swift. He had a magisterial performance last week, obviously, showing why he was drafted so high and why he should have gotten a bigger workload in Detroit. However, we did see Gainwell get a similar bell cow role in week one before he went down with that, that rib injury. Hard to see the Eagles just simply moving on from Swift entirely after what he just did last week. But at the same time, I could see this running back room becoming a bit of a nightmare as we move forward as we don't really ever know who's going to get it. And you can't forget about Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is there. He's going to be a rusher. He's going to run the ball into the end zone when they're near the goal line. It just seems like a situation where I really don't know how this is going to go down. So I want to stay at consensus, stay in line with consensus with Swift. And this is where he is at consensus at RB18. 18 just feels right for Swift. Obviously, if he does it again, he's going to find himself a lot higher. I just don't have enough conviction to be way above or way below consensus with DeAndre Swift as there's a lot of moving pieces here and things we got to figure out. Um, speaking of bad backs, um, week se- the, the 17th back here ranked for me is Zach Moss. Um, fantasy football is just a wild experience. Um, but here we go. Zach Moss, um, indeed inherited the Deion Jackson role, almost hundred percent snap share. He's even running routes out there last week. He had 18, 88 in one line with the four targets for four catches and 19 in the air. Like, yes, please. This is everything we want in a running back. It doesn't appear like anyone is going to be taking Zach Moss's snaps either, at least this week. Um, Minshew is playing, um, you know, Arich is out with a concussion, and we know Minshew's not going to take anything from the ground here, so there could even be more 
uh, meat on the bone here for Zach Moss to uh, really get cooking, really get eaten in this one. Um, I would also argue that Minshew is a little bit better of a passer than A-Rich, a little bit more of a threat as a passer, um, could do well for opening things up for him. I have Zach Moss 10 spots ahead of like Damian Pearson. It's only week three. We're in for a wild ride, Zach Moss, RB17. RB16 is James Cook. Dude's had a great role in an offense, um, you know, similar to Rashad White. He's the main guy on the ground and through the air. James Cook is seeding targets to Latavius Murray and Damian Harris, but frankly, I think that was kind of baked into his ADP, and the Bills' offense is obviously much better than the Bucs. Um, you know, enjoy your 16 to 18 rushes and four, four to five targets on an elite offensive game with James Cook. TDs might be lacking um, as he is coming off the field near the end zone in favor of those two. Um, but he's got above average burst, solid pass game role. Nothing about the commanders this week. Um, nothing about their run defense scares me. So this this is where I expect James Cook to kind of finish the year if everything kind of stays the same here. He was a value in drafts, folks. Um, running back 15, the theme of the next two players, uh, of which I'm two in three spots above consensus on, is just good volume in a good matchup. RB 15 is Alexander Madison. Yes. I know he's been awful, folks, um, but even in all his awfulness, he has still seen 70% plus of the snap count. And, you know, the Vikings are a pass-first team, and we know that, but much like just like the Chiefs were, as, as stated. But the Chargers are who the Vikings are playing this week. The Chargers' defense sucks, folks. Um, the Chargers' run defense might just be the worst in the entire league. Um, 29th DVOA dead last in yards allowed per carry. It's been just two weeks, obviously. So take it with a grain of salt, but I don't think the Chargers defense is going to improve all that much. This game also carries a 50.5 point implied total, which is very fertile for fantasy points. Um, call it a bounce back week here for Madison acres is of no concern this week. I think you might not even be active in this one. As bad as Madison has been, they still won't play tight channel or kind of speaks to how good he is. Uh, Madison's going to drop a 20 burger this week. Enjoy it while you can. I really don't know what to make of the Madison Eckler thing. I tend to think Madison might actually be a little bit of a value once Eckler, once I, um, I said Eckler, um, I meant acres when acres does become active. I'm not really too concerned to, to be honest with you. You could kind of cut into things here, but um, I think Madison's got a, like at least an opportunity here in week three to prove that um, he can be good fantasy running back going forward though. We'll have to see. Number 14, RB14 is Josh Kelly. Much like Madison, he was a bit of a disappointment, but I'm going back to the well with Josh Kelly. Eckler's out again, um, and Kelly dominated the snaps last week with over 70%. Snap share is going to do it again, folks. No one is going to be taking Josh Kelly's snaps. There's no one on that uh, running back room that necessarily I think can challenge Josh Kelly for that. Um, you also got to realize Josh Kelly went against, and actually the whole Chargers went against the Titans, and their run defense has been absolutely elite this season. Um, but now they get the trash defense of the Vikings. Again, as I, as I said, there's a 54.5 implied total, so it's going to be high scoring. Um, Kelly should be able to run with relative ease compared to last week. Bounce back week for both Kelly and Madison. I like both of them as fringe RB1s, locked and loaded RB2s. RB13 is Raheem Mostert. Mostert is the RB on this offense, plain and simple. He's the bell cow, um, still has that burst as it was demonstrated with a 43-yard TD run last week. Dolphins are always going to lean into the pass, but there's no one challenging Mostert for the time being. Um, continue to start him while Jeff Wilson's on IR and Chain is healing up and figuring out it as a rookie. Mostert might be a bit of a sell candidate, as I don't think this role will last, even if his health does. Enjoy these beautiful times we get to have with Raheem Mostert, folks.
Number 12 is Miles Sanders. I remain bullish on Miles Sanders. While most won't, I'm two spots ahead of consensus, but frankly, I do not care. Um, I'm trusting Miles Sanders in this one after two somewhat disappointing weeks. He's had 18 and 14 carries respectively in the last two weeks and six and five targets over those two weeks as well. And they get the Seahawks this week and the Seahawks are giving up the six most fantasy points to running backs through two weeks. The wide receivers on the Panthers aren't getting open and I'm not really sure Andy Dalton is going to make that any better. I could easily see them leaning on Sanders if this um, game doesn't get out of hand too early. He's been getting enough volume. It's time for Miles Sanders to have a little bit of a breakout. RB11 is Ramondre. As stated last week, uh, Zeke's week one role in the past game was Mirage. Proved to be a Mirage in week two. It belongs to Ramondre. He's getting the majority of the work and continues to be involved in the pass game. He's also the guy near the end zone. He's the best player on the Pats offense. While the Pats offense might not, might not be that great, he's still the best player and is treated as such. He's a low under RB1 rest of the season. This is the range where I want him and will probably keep him. Number 10 is Jameer Gibbs. I want to be a consensus with Gibbs because I'm bearish on his role in the run game, but bullish on him being an absolute monster in the pass game and being able to break along one at any point in time. We'll likely see plenty of Craig Reynolds or possibly Bam Knight as the Lions have zero intention of running Gibbs up the gut. Um, that role is reserved for Reynolds or Knight, but I expect Gibbs to continue to see an elite role in the pass game. We saw his routes jump from 25% to 57% from week one to two, which is a great sign that they're ramping up his usage, at least in the pass game. He'll still probably get, you know, seven to 10 carries, but what we really love here is the fact that he's going to be a primary pass catcher in this offense. I bet they start scheming some things up for him near the end zone. His role will grow. He is electric, folks. Be patient with Gibbs. RB9 is Kenneth Walker. Walker's the dude on this offense. No one is challenging him for his role, and he's getting all the looks near the end zone. Uh, the pass game role is present but lacking, but honestly I'm not really concerned as he's explosive and he's getting the volume, not to mention the Seahawks deploy one of the best three wide receiver sets in football and are constantly a threat through the air. The Panthers' defense is middling, and um, the Seahawks find themselves as five-and-a-half-point favorites, probably a little bit more now that Dalton's starting. So there's a world where the Seahawks just run the ball out as early as the second quarter on the back of Kenneth Walker. Um, RB8 is Kyron Williams, folks. This has got to be one of the better stories through two weeks. He was a favorite of mine, actually, during prospect season two years ago, but he came in smaller than we thought. He showed up slower than we thought. He was drafted on day three, um, left for dead. I, I had given up. I had him on a couple, like, taxi squads stashed away, but frankly, he was just not a guy that I thought had any relevancy, and he was somebody that I truly believed in. His, his tape and production at Notre Dame were borderline elite, but apparently the NFL didn't think so, didn't think it would translate. Um but leave it to the, the mastermind McVeigh to turn Kyron into an elite fantasy producer. 95% snap share, 81% routes run. He's getting all the looks near the end zone. You literally can't ask for more in a fantasy running back. And the Rams are cooking on offense. Stafford's looking like himself. Puka's coming out there. Just the Rams are better than I think a lot of people expected. So at the end of the day, no one is challenging Kyron. Enjoy it if you got him. Kyron is league winner material. RB8 on the week. RB7. Um, Derrick Henry, frankly, I love to see uh, rookie Tajay Spears on the field, giving the big dog some rest at his age. Still, Henry saw 25 rushes and four targets, and he still looks good. Um, it's Derrick Henry, guys. There really isn't a lot, I have to say. Um, if he's healthy and he's active, you're starting him. The Browns are also looking like a pretty bad run offense, so this could be a pretty good week for Derrick Henry. But the game does carry a sub-40-point implied total, which is pretty gross, and Hopkins could be out, which means they could cram the box, hence the kind of low rank here at RB7. Um, but it's Henry, you start him, you feel good about him, he's great.
RB6 is Joe Mixon. He's been a slight disappointment coming in below my rank the last two weeks, but I can't seem to quit him as the Bengals simply use only Mixon. Mixon um, was the only RB to see carry last week and had a 78% snap share. He leads in all phases of the game for the Bengals in the running back room. There's no one coming in to spell him. Uh, there's no preferred pass catcher, preferred um, goal line back. It's Mixon across the board. Everything is his. I know Burrow might not suit up for this one, but the Rams defense is far from scary and a backup quarterback could actually mean that they lean a bit more on Mixon to get things going. He's a bell cow. He's my RB6. RB5 is Travis Etienne. It's just bell cow season at this point. I will say it every time, but it almost goes without saying in this range where the RBs are simply the dudes on their team. They are the dudes in the RB room. And that's that they're getting, there's like three phases of, you know, being a good fantasy running back, getting the rushes, getting the targets, getting the end zone, green zone work, right? Any running back who's doing all three of those things is a bell cow, and they are elite. Etienne is that. Uh, Bigsby didn't even see a touch last week. It doesn't seem like Bigsby is going to be carving into Etienne's role at all. The Jags are a very good offense. Etienne is a central part of that. Texans defense is bad. Etienne's going to see 18 touches. Let's keep it simple here, folks. Josh Jacobs is four. I still believe in him after bad week two, and this is kind of a tough matchup against the Steelers, but part of the reason I think to, is because the Raiders are playing unsustainably slow, um, and that has to regress to the mean. Basically what I'm saying is we will see more plays from the Raiders going forward, uh, which means simply more opportunities for fantasy points. He is the bell out here, and I expect things to improve. Steelers are favored, but I like the Raiders to win this game on the back of Josh. Jacobs may be a bit of a bold call, but that's where I'm at. RB3 is Bijan Robinson. Um, good God, this man could play football. Just Google's highlights and watch if you haven't seen him play. The micro movements he makes at his size are, are honestly just godlike. Um, he's still splitting rushes with Algier, but um, what works in Bijan's favor is he's running routes at an absolutely elite rate 77% week one, 79% in week two. Um, what I mean by that is simply when there's a drop back, how often is a player running routes? So when there's a drop back on the Falcons, Offense, 79% of the time, there's a drop back. Bijan was running a route. That's great for a running back. It's elite for a running back. Um, you know, I think the big thing is, is that he's still splitting up time with Algier, but they're running the ball so much that it's, he's still seeing 18 to 20 rushes a game because they run the ball so much. So there's a world where if he starts carving into Algier's workload, Algier had 16 touches or 16 rushes last game. If he can even take half of that, uh, RB1 overall is definitely in the cards for Bijan. Even so, he's an elite running back. The guy is as built. He's great. RB2 is just Pollard versus the Cardinals. Again, Pollard leads in all phases of the running back position. Locked down in a cake matchup where the Cowboys should be running the clock out as early as the second quarter. Pollard's a good runner, great pass catcher, and is the option near the goal line. He's a stud, not much to think about here. And then number one comes in, CMC. This is his spot. Um, he's pro he proved it again on Thursday night. Um, CMC is probably going to be my RB1 as long as he's healthy the rest of the season. That does it for my top 24 RBs for the week. Please be sure to check out the description for all other ranks. Um, not just I'm, We're not just doing RB ranks, but my uh, my coworkers, my pals, the overlords, they're doing ranks for quarterback, wide receiver, and tight end as well. Um, they'll, these ranks are undoubtedly are going to be updated. I'm recording on a Friday. Um, that I have like 11 to 1, right, two hours before the game time. I'm just grinding out projections, grinding out the ranks, so there will be some things to change. So if you're setting those lineups, come back, check us out. Um, also check out JWB discord. We're always ta talking there. If you got questions that you want to ask me specifically, there'll be a link below. There'll be, if it's not below, there'll be a link somewhere in our content to come over to the discord. 
hit me up on there. Happy to answer your questions. Follow me on Twitter at FFTylerO. I'll try to get as much help to y'all as possible. Run pure, my friends. 